What's up and welcome to Nostalgia Year in Review. I'm Pat Sheen with my co-host Dave Martinson. Dave, we're going to be talking some music today. How are you feeling about 2019 as a music year? Uh, a fast year, but I think it was a very good year. I quite enjoyed tons of music this year. Listened to tons of it. Um yeah, how many albums did, did you? Oh uh, shit, I don't have the exact count. It's several hundred, mm-hmm. um, maybe three hundred something. We we had to have reviewed over a hundred ourselves. Yeah, just easy for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you want to go back and listen to all those and get our thoughts on the music that stood out to us this year, or maybe did not stand out to us this year, go to YouTube.com/slash NostalgiaPod and hit subscribe, or go to SoundCloud.com/slash NostalgiaPod. And listen to the podcast anyway you enjoy it. Um, I agree. You know, uh, in in making these lists, we're going to be doing top albums and songs in 2019 today. Um, but in making these lists, I was taken aback by just how much music I really, really liked this year. And compared to 2018, it felt like the highs of 2018 might have been a little bit higher for me. But I think the consistency of this year there was it was very deep I, I ended up making like a list of like 20 to maybe like 25 albums that i was like ah, i'd consider this one or this one or this one and then kind of paring it down was very tough for me how did was that kind of similar to your process yeah i actually had a much harder time making a songs list mm-hmm. um albums though yeah i had a lot and it was just like hmm, how do i pick what do i think makes m- a better statement by having on the list versus not stuff like that, you know, similar thoughts and sentiments that we've shared for our uh, decade lists that you can find on youtube.com slash nostalgia pod. Um, actually, before we begin, I actually wanted to ask you, did you have anything that stood out to you as your most uh, disappointing album of the year or lackluster oh, yeah. album? I have one obvious answer. I think we might have the same one chance the rapper. Correct. Yeah. I was going through them all. I was like, damn, I had such high hopes for this Chance album and just very bland and basic. Yes, I agree. The big day uh, was not big for us, and that sucks. Yeah, definitely sucks. Um, Just as a disclaimer here, so we're going to be talking music lists a little bit, uh, or song list after. Um, We both, I think, tried to stay away from duplicating our list too much. Um, For example, I probably could have put one or two vampire weekend songs in my songs of the year list, but that's no fun to talk about the same things twice. So uh, I listen to be fairly variant, but just know that a lot of the songs that are on our album list probably could have been up there for songs of the year for us as well. I imagine. Right. Um, why don't we jump in with number 10, Dave, what's your number 10 album of the year? Yeah. My number 10 album is actually an album that we did not review on the pod because I came to it late as did I feel like the whole crit- music critical community, Gex. that would be 100 Gex, their debut album, 1,000 Gex, uh, all 1,000 of the Gex. And yeah, it, it, this album came out May 31st, and so did another album that I put on my list that we'll get to later. But yeah, for whatever reason, we didn't talk about it. I first became aware of the name when they were announced as the opening act on Brock Hampton's most recent tour. And apparently to that point, they hadn't really done any kind of live shows at all. This is... Uh, a electronic music duo and yeah like the critics the pot the music podcast the reviews they started rolling out like several months later which is i think it's pretty rare to see 
mainstream music outlets actually review stuff for the first time way after release. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of cool to ha- see that, you know, I feel like an organic uh, acknowledgement of an act like that. That was really cool. They had an EP that I also heard this year, you know, right before this album as well. Uh, that came out last year. But the reason I have a thousand Gex on here is because I, th- I just think uh, this Gex sound is just the the craziest genre blending shit I ever heard this year. Mm-hmm. And it's like electro pop with like pop punk influence and 303 influence and hip hop. And there's so much stuff thrown together and not all of it works. That's the thing. I think there, there's, tons, there's tons of weird shit on this album, but when it hits, it's like unlike anything else, songs like 745 sticky or money machine. Yeah. hundred Gex. uh, the most interesting electronic music I've heard this year, pretty easily. Wow. Uh, an, an album I've not listened to, but you've been talking to me a lot about them. And I think similar to Brockhampton uh, a couple of years back, how you said I had to get into them, I definitely want to give them a shot because they seem like a very intriguing band. And I've seen a lot of praise for them from a lot of people I trust. So definitely going to check them out. My number 10, we just talked about it on uh, a podcast recently. Bubba by K. Trinata. Um, just an album I found myself listening to nonstop since it came out. Um, Under and, the Wire selection. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> with K. Trinata, um, it, we, we've talked about the state of EDM and how really there's there's only a couple of DJs out there right now that we find to be doing anything interesting. Yep. K. Trinata is certainly uh, doing some interesting stuff, you know. Um, there's a lot of like classic Cajunata type sounds on here. Um, things that you would have found on 99.9%, but the, the features he has, and you know, obviously, um, as we talked about in our review, this is his, the first album he's dropped with RCA. So able to maybe get some more people on here. Um, but like the worst in me midsection, uh, Vex O, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Oh no, with Estelle, 10% of Kaylee Yukis is just, hit after hit on this gray area and they all sound so interesting and so alive and uh unique and really just a a pleasure to listen to that album and uh, shout out to kachanata for getting that in under the wire you know i had originally thought for this spot about putting an album that didn't make it in under the wire last year which would have been um 21 savage i am greater than i was but i was kind of on the fence like was that Mm -hmm. is that too far away at this point so i kind of left it off yeah Came it out like December twenty first, I believe. Yeah, Something I consider like it as well. Yeah. Um. So I'm guessing it didn't make your list. It did not. Uh, last year I had Run the Jewels three, even though that was like a December twenty seventeen. Same thought. Um. Yeah. Honorable mention for twenty one for sure. Um. It looks like nothing major is going to get released between now and the second week of January when Selena Gomez drops, and I hope that sticks because I just feel like critical attention won't be as strong and like there's no one's really looking for new stuff at this time so we'll just wait mm-hmm. and it seemed like his last year what bad bunny drops on like the 27th or something yeah and yeah it sounds like we're, we're gonna be a little lucky everyone everyone dropped last week with harry <laughs> and katra uh why don't we jump to your number nine my number nine is Perhaps the most widely listened to album on my list, that'd be Ariana Grande's Thank You Next. Uh, Just pop excellence, put simply. Uh, As soon as I heard it, I 
really loved it. And I was blown away by the fact that she was able to one up herself so quickly after dropping Sweetener in the summer of 2018. I believe it was a five month wait in between those albums. And thank you next was just kind of a, well, Sweetener in itself was definitely a level up for her where she finally stopped trying to impress us with her amazing vocal range and actually just focus more on the song craft, you know, mm-hmm. uh, side of being a pop artist. And then when thank you next, I just think the lyrical content, she really took it to a next level while still having all those pop bangers. You know, you have a Max Martin classic, like bad idea. You have an amazing in sync interpolation with breakup with your girlfriend. You have a really heartfelt song that you can attribute to Mac Miller and Ghostin. Other fun stuff like Imagine and NASA. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's just lots of pop bangers, but I think these are actually like uh, pop songs that like can stand the test of time because there's actually some substance. So yeah, Thank You Next came out back in February. It's been a long time at this point, but yeah, banger yeah. season. One of my one of my honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, Ariana just absolutely dominated with that album and uh you know i when i was reviewing my album or when i was going through this list i kind of felt like a lot of what i came to was um artists uh, specifically female artists i felt like took a step up this year from how i had viewed them a lot of them i think showing me a little bit more than i had expected or or anticipated i would in terms of how much i would like their their albums so um I'm excited to talk a little bit more about some of the artists, but Ariana for sure was one of those. I wasn't a huge Ariana fan before this album. I think there's a lot to like there. Um, number nine for me, uh, a new female artist, Little Sims, Gray Ooh. Area. So Dave, we, we, we reviewed this back in, I believe it was like March or February? March 1st it came out. Yes. And uh, Little Sims, this rapper from the UK, really surprised me with like the lusciousness of this album it kind of reminded me of uh a bit of like a uh a mix of, like ben staples and tyler the creator type vibes in terms of like yeah. the uniqueness to the album but also sure. uh the depth of the lyrics having something to say making it ultra personal i mean one of the tracks on this is called therapy and it's literally like she's talking with a therapist and kind of really observing her thoughts. Um, and I was really blown away by this. And I feel like Little Sims, if there's if there's one artist that's still kind of flying under the radar, but feels like there's just potential to be great there. And that's just kind of come about this year. It's got to be her. And, you know, she kind of jumps in into that discussion of great female rappers that really broke out this year. And there's quite a few of them. And we, you know, we were even talking about this last year with names like No Name, Tierra Whack, again, mm-hmm. then this year, you know, Rico Nasty, Megan Thee Stallion, um, just to name a few. A Little Sims feels like she's poised to have a really, really solid career in this album, Gray Area. It's great. 101 FM just kind of jumped on, on Shuffle the other day, and I was just like bobbing mm-hmm. around to it. It's such a good track, man. So um, a lot to like there. How, was this on your list? Uh, so the album did not make my list, as I will mention, but 101 FM might be coming up later. Ah, okay, we'll talk yeah. about it then. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Lil Sims, gray area for me. Moving on to eight. So eight for me is... Uh, had to have eight. Uh, eight! Eight for me, uh, someone you just mentioned, Megan Stallion. Ooh. Debut mixtape, Fever. 
it's funny when we did the review, we were like, is this her album? Is it not? Uh, she's clarified on Instagram that it is in fact her mixtape. So mm-hmm. the hype for the Megan debut album, quote unquote, <laughs> not that that means anything to her anymore. Um, 2020, I guess. But mm. yeah, so Megan Thee Stallion, man, um, you, you just kind of spoke to it, but the big, I think the most important central theme of hip hop in 2019, again, the dominating genre, you know, in, in our society, um, that would be the rise of the female MC. And not just the quantity, but the quality to boot. And Megan certainly was, I think, the fastest riser of the bunch with, you know, obviously real hot girl shit, hot girl summer. Like she, she, she became a meme. She became a force in herself. But, you know, following up the early EP success she had um, in 2018, you know, songs like Big Old Freak, she dropped a lot more bangers and just kind of proved that, yeah, she's a really uh, capable rapper that, I think deserves to have her voice heard. You know, I think the first track on Fever, Realer, I think is my favorite song. Um, and then you'll see a lot of uh, Cash Shit featuring the baby. You'll see that on a lot of lists this year. And it, I think ultimately it's a, you know it's a short, I think thirty minute tape, but little fat on it. You know, it's just um, it's got that energy. But more importantly, I think it's just was a a really fun coming out party. And it's cool that she just became a star. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just a complete breakout for her, twerking her way all the <laughs> way to the top. Uh, yeah, it's it's been awesome to see her and the baby really become these like mammoths in the field all of a sudden, just everywhere, dominating all the time. It's great. Uh, good pick. My number eight, an album, you know, I started with Kate Shinata, which was a recent album, album that came out one of the first weeks of the year. James Blake, assume mm-hmm. form. Nice. Um, yeah, you know, we, we, when we talked about this album, and you know, we were talking about leveling up. James Blake was an artist that I think for, for both of us had songs here and there that we really liked, but we never really felt like he was able to put it together and make a really solid album. And then Assume Form came about, and as a, a work of, of art as a whole, I feel like this album flows beautifully. It has great transitions from song to song. It doesn't sound like any other album I've listened to this year. You know, um, a song like uh, Can't Believe the Way We Flow just is like such a distinct James Blake track. And especially the way it like almost like restarts in the middle and uh, beautifully done. Um, and this really feels like James Blake was able to take his own personal endeavors, uh, relationships and kind of put them in a way that was packaged um I think that's more palatable for most music fans. Um, And this just feels like the absolute best that James done yet. And uh, it's a pleasure listening to this, you know, songs like mile high with Travis got Metro Boomin, even though songs that may not be the best tracks on the album, I think still are are fun to listen to. Um, I really like the track with Andre 3000. Where's the catch that that's just an absolute banger to me. Where's Um, the catch. Yep, and then the the last like four, I, I just find myself kind of listening to, and, and really enjoying the way that they flow together. So, uh, assume form, my number eight album of the year. Moving on, number seven. What do you got? Number seven for me, making my list two years in a row. Mm. That'd be Denzel Curry, Zoo. <laughs> Zoo came out the same day as 100X. Funny enough, <laughs> and Megan came out uh, two weeks before Gex and Denzel. Oh. And 
I have another May album coming up. Somehow I picked <laughs> four May albums. Did not plan it that way. But yeah, Denzel Curry Zoo. Uh, again, more of a mixtape feel similar to Megan. But, you know, Denzel really showing out in the critical sense and really becoming, a, I think, a really well-respected rapper last year with Taboo, which was, you know, a really dark conceptual album that was quite detailed. To follow it up just a year later with Zoo, which he claims he freestyled, this really fun, energetic album that's true to his Miami roots, but still also like, still also deep. Like, listen to slow, like the lead single, Ricky, you know? Um, mm-hmm. He's able to make, I just think, well, lots of great bangers while also maintaining, um, you know, his message. And we always kind of flock to that, where sometimes lyrical rappers struggle to make songs that people actually want to turn on. That's not Denzel's issue. Um, on this, uh, was it automatic? That's a Take Keith beat that he's able to flip and make into a Denzel Curry song. You know, one of the hottest rappers that we, we have an idea of what Take Keith sounds like, but Denzel's able to twist it to his own mm-hmm. uh, use. And of course, we had a Rick Ross feature on here, which is not the first time they've collaborated, but the first time since Denzel got really well respected. So, yeah. yeah. Birds is um, a great song. Yeah. So uh, Denzel Curry Zoo, man, um, he's still at the top of my list for artists I have not yet seen that I would really like to see live. Great pick. Um, that was one of the hardest ones for me to leave off my list. Definitely an honorable mention. This this album rules, and it, it's just there's so much energy to it, and it feels like such a a good way to describe Denzel Curry. He just feels like a ball of energy, just spitting out tracks. So uh, excellent choice. My number seven, an album we talked about, and I I talk about liking a lot. On the Line by Jenny Lewis. You know, Jenny Lewis was a, an artist who um, I was aware of, but never really sank my teeth into, never really uh, caught me. And then this album is just so catchy from start to finish. And there's so many tracks that are just absolutely delightful. Um, and it's all this like, uh, this talk about addiction and you know addiction in multiple ways and talk about her mom and and her mom's heroin addiction but then also in the same song wasted youth mentioning addiction to candy crush and how that has a similar uh i think has similarities in terms of how it affects culture and the people who find themselves addicted to these things um but she really like jumps around with these really personal topics but packages them in ways that feel so poppy and fun and you just find yourself bobbing your head to um like red bull and hennessy feels just like a a really fun track but really this like commentary on like partying and and you like connecting with friends losing friends um you kind of go down the line like a song like on the line probably my favorite track from the album uh, a really personal song about a relationship and being left and um it it's still just a delight to listen to and you you keep running it back even though it's maybe not uh the most fun stuff to be uh sitting with so just a, a delight of an album um really enjoy jenny lewis uh on this and i'm excited to see where she goes next because she can keep delivering these i'll i'll keep listening so number seven on the line dave moving on to number six what do you got number six for me is solange when I get home, which dropped mm. back in March, March first, uh, same day as Little Sims. <laughs> um, did this make your list? 
you know, um, it did not. And I, I was really debating it um, because as a as an album, it's fantastic. And it all flows together really well, almost kind of like an Earl album in a sense. Like, mm. uh, you know, it just so unique. And I just didn't find myself going back to it much. And sure. for how much I found myself going back to the other ones, I wanted to maybe highlight some other albums. I figured you'd have it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I mean, this was kind of a hotly awaited follow up to see at the table back in 2016, which was the, you know, the reestablishment of Solange as a solo artist after, you know, a lot of time out of the spotlight. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think, it, I don't think it gets to the highs of a seat at the table, you know, songs Planes in the sky, don't touch my hair. Those are some like really world class R and B songs. But I think when I get home, uh, still honestly is really slick. You know, um, stay flow. I really love that song. Thought about putting it on my songs list to be honest. Almeida, mm-hmm. great Cardi feature. That song bops. Bins is really yeah, good. yeah. Bins is great. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just uh, it's just really slick. Uh, you know message message filled r&b and mm-hmm. you know i it's funny i i can't really even think of any other r&b albums i really loved this year and this one's already been out so long but and unfortunately the grammys overlooked uh this project which felt really uh shocking to me but yeah uh Slange is super talented and thoughtful and you can see it even in the videos for this album they're all kind of connected and some are way less uh high budget than others but it's just it's just a good time. So yeah. Solange, number six. Excellent album uh, and great choice by you. Number six for me. I'm wondering if you had this on your list. Norman fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey. That is number three for me. Ah, so we'll, we'll be talking about it a little bit more or we can just talk about it now. Yes. Um, Lana Del Rey. So, you know, talking about artists that felt like they leveled up. Another artist who I recognized that she has a large fan base um people love her she kind of fits in this like emo pop world kind of you know like a maybe a more polished billy eilish before billy eilish was around in a sense huh you know like mm-hmm. or at least a different vibe but I, we I, I think we both kind of talked about it in our review that she never really caught our attention or we never oh. really dug her as much as other people but then Norman talking fucking rockwell comes out man Talk about leveling up. Uh, you, you pair up with Jack Antonoff, and she sauce. delivers song after song on this. Yeah, that is just just beautiful, um, really. And such a commentary on like current culture on all these tracks. I mean, the first the first track talking about man child, the first line mm. talking about man child is just hilarious, but also so like apt. I think for the state of like feminism and the way uh you know male and female relations are being kind sure. of uh critiqued at the moment um and then you kind of move down the line and like this a song like next the next great uh, best american record um the greatest which uh is probably my favorite song on this track mm. and you know kanye west is blonde and gone um yep <laughs> i think I, i'll be interested to see if, we'll, if we're talking more about kanye west today um but yeah just I was impressed with how well she was able to construct an album that felt cohesive, but also I think more appealing than some of her past works. Why, why did this fall number three for you? 
yeah, Lana finally, to me, backed up the huge microscope that had been on her career and her celebrity with the music. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Norman fucking Rockwell, which is what her, her sixth album, um, I finally get what it means to be Lana Del Rey, you know, like that, that 50s, 60s Americana that's always kind of been a aspect of her music, of her aesthetic, of her videos. Now, finally, I think makes sense to me because she's coming at it with a modern day worldview, as you mentioned, um, right from the first track. And she's someone who has kind of like played in and around like feminist ideas, but never really explored anything that profoundly in her past work. And I think that has changed finally. And just in terms, I mean, you mentioned Jack Antonoff's pretty uh, prolific on this, but I mean, in terms of song structure, you know, uh, song like Venice Bitch, which has like a really uh, infectious first like two and a half minutes and then a really long extended outro. It was, a, I think, a really cool um, way that was made. Um, then you followed up two songs later with a honestly really awesome sublime cover of Doing Time, you know? Um, and you mentioned The Greatest. We might be talking about that again in a second. But uh, yeah, I think uh, the more I reflected on this while I was making the the album, I was like, yeah, there's just like so much to this album I think really, really holds up. Like you can take away any of these, like most of these songs, just kind of put them on and be like, yeah, like this is peak Lana. Mm-hmm. And when there's that much of that all in one project, I feel like you got to include it. Yeah, well said. And uh, this album was definitely uh, one of the best of the year. Let's move on to number five. What would you have at five, Dave? Uh, number five for me is YBN Corday, The Lost Boy. Mm-hmm. Wow, good choice. Of all the records I heard this year, this was definitely the one that met the hype the best and thus made me feel so fulfilled because I had mm-hmm. been anticipating and hyping up the promise of YBN Corday who had not released a solo project under that name since he had rose into prominence in 2018. Um, And then what we get with this album is more proof of his incredible technical rap ability and, you know, pretty dexterous flows, but also I think the ability to provide conscious rap that also bangs again, something that we just said before with little Sims, you know, is is easy, is is easier said than done. Um, Mm -hmm. And he even provides like more throwback vibes with a song like R&P where he's doing couplets with Anderson Pac, right? And for me, like, I know like we can criticize some of the flows on this. I think sometimes the flow is a little simple and sometimes the puns can be a little corny. But this album for me was just like a coronation of just the talent and like the potential being realized already. Again, we, we had talked before about how he had a, the Dr. Dre co-sign without an official project out yet, mm-hmm. definitely a uh, quite the stamp of approval. And you know, he, he was able to get inspired features from Pusha and Meek on this, and and of course Anderson. So, yeah, for me, it was just it was just the uh, the coronation of like a, a new a new rising star, and I, I just felt so happy with the quality of it when it came out. And it run back a lot of the songs. I felt like you know, I'm definitely going to remember this is you know the year that Wabi and Corday really started. Yeah, I think if uh, for me, who's maybe not as tuned, definitely not as tuned into 
the rap world as you are, this was like a coming out party for him. And it felt like such an establishing of like, all right, I'm going to be here for a while. So oh, a worthy pick. Um, glad, glad you put it on there. Number five for me was uh, Brittany Howard's first solo album, Jamie. Um, Brittany Howard, you know, the lead singer of the Alabama Shakes. We talked about her a bit. You know, we even, I think, mentioned her on the best of the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, podcast we did, so check that out. Um, this album, I had, I had no idea what this was going to sound like. You know, we, we uh, prior to the singles being released and like the word that there was an album forthcoming followed more to like what this the last Alabama Shakes album sound color sounded like, which was uh, you know uh, genre blending, but a bit more stripped down, a bit more acoustic. Um, and she's really all over the map on this, right? So she has some songs like 13th Century Metal is a fucking rock metal song, and just going hard while she does some like trancy spoken word over these these awesome instrumentals but then you have songs like stay high which is just like a singer songwritery acoustic bop and, and one of the sweetest songs of the year in my opinion um i was absolutely blown away not only by britney's vocals on this but um the expertly talks about her experiences of being discriminated against um, in her childhood growing up in Georgia, um, talking about her own sexuality and her identity um, as a, a, a gay female and a, a black gay female at that. And um, really just one of the albums this year that has stuck with me. And I find myself revisiting a couple of the songs uh, a couple of times a week because it's just always a pleasure to hear them and, her voice is just one of the best out there, I think. So, Jamie by Brittany Howard, my number five. Uh, number four for you, Dave. Number four for me is... Oh, fuck. I don't think I have a picture for this. <laughs> number four for me is uh, FKA Twigs, Nydalen. Ah, my number one. Oh, fuck. All right. Yeah, I think this is, <laughs> this is another Let's example. Let's talk of, about it. Yeah, this is another example of an artist... Uh, blowing past previous expectations and I think delivering a full body of work that was not uh, not anticipated to be this 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 uh, impressive you know like LP1 was the first time you know and, and catching up recently with FK Twigs and anticipation for that LP1 was the first time I really started to get what it meant to like this art pop alt pop sound you know what it was and yeah, there's some really good songs in that. But then hearing this, hearing Madeline, and just the the way that Twiggy can communicate the emotional distress she's had in her life in the tabloids and mm-hmm. um, racial identity, and there's a lot of a lot of deep shit on this, and just mm-hmm. kind of deliver this uh, really unique unique sound. Um, I was yeah. really impressed. Yeah, I feel um, like it's kind of not practice not to include this album. Oh, dude, I mean, this this album is pretty close to perfection in my book. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> as I'm like scrolling through the track list here on my phone, because I'm just thinking about each song, I, I keep hearing it kind of just come through like the Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene or Fallen Alien. Like her vocals on that are so like 
haunting but like beautiful at the same time and the production all over this you know we, we talked about it at the time but she had a lot of people helping her re, uh, refine this album and really make it i think have a real feel to it you know and i, I think uh i think what fka twigs does so expertly throughout this is she she establishes a mood but then she is able to like like you said sprinkle in all these different topics and these songs but still maintaining this vibe throughout that just um carries a feeling with you and it feels like there's so much emotion in every single one of these songs and um you know one of the the reviews i read about this at the time was it feels like you can almost feel her physicality coming through and i guess it's hard especially if you see like the cellophane video and you see like her physicality as a dancer and just how much she is able to do with her body as a uh, instrument for art but um it just feels like this is uh, like almost her opus in a way as an artist and uh you know uh, uh, art pats doesn't take a lot of l's but i think fk <laughs> twigs really handed him one on this so um definitely my my favorite album of the year and i think certainly uh a worthy worthy choice for any list like you said it's almost malpractice to not have it on there um number four for me a song uh, an album i don't think you'll have on your list dave vampire weekend father of the bride actually no just kidding i was gonna say there's no way that you're gonna have this <laughs> on here when we, when we reviewed it we, i think you talked about how you liked it but you're like yeah it's fine they're, they're still soft right correct yeah it was my favorite of their albums yeah, and so not a cup of tea. And I think Vampire Weekend with this, it feels like a bit of a departure from their traditional sound. You know, they're usually very tight, these very uppity type sounding songs. Um, this feels a little bit more in line with uh, classic rock, I'd say. You know, a lot of the singles like Harmony Hall or This Life were had the very like Van Morrison uh early rolling stones type feels huh, there sure. and um i think that that really added a piece to it but when i when i revisit this album and, and i revisit it a lot it's, you know if you check out my spotify Shocking. yeah if you uh check out my spotify year in rap it's uh four of my top five songs played this year from this album um i'm really impressed with the songwriting on it and uh interestingly enough Casey Musgraves and Ezra collaborated on a lot of the writing on this album. Um, and he felt very inspired by the way that she writes her songs. And maybe that's something to do with it because he also got a lot of credits on her uh, album last year, Golden Hour. And I feel like they explore so many different sounds that Vampire Weekend hasn't put into the music before, but it all comes out sounding really, really good. Um, you know, going like from a song like I already said, like This Life, which has a very like Van Morrison feel to it to something like Sympathy, which is like this like almost like mariachi band type feel where it's just so much like anxiety and like uh, like intensity in this song and um, ending in these like, I don't even know what the instrument is, but it's like, -da -da! like at the end, it's so good. And you go something like Sunflower, which feels like, um, you know, it's this like jazzy pop song. Um, 2021 and, and uh, uh, Flower Moon are a bit more like well, Flower Moon, same vein as like Sunflower, a little bit more like jazzy pop, but mm -hmm. like 2021, 
or um, We Belong Together are songs that feel like they are just these like ballads kind of in a way, but like these softer ballads. So um, there's a lot to like on here. Uh, Vampire Weekend, Ezra Koenig, continue to be some of my favorite, uh, some of my favorite work and uh, highly recommended. If you don't like them, see them live because I think you'll get a different feel for them. But uh, Father of the Bride, my number four. Dave, your number three was already talked about, correct? Dabilana, yes. I think I'm talking about one of your top albums then. Igor by Tyler, the Creator. Where's it fall for you? Igor is number one for me. Uh, I'll, I'll let you take the floor then. Go for it. Um, no, I'm. this was Tyler capitalizing on the kind of re- reawakening he showed us in Flower Boy while also being able to, I think, satisfy his own creative desires by being like the sole producer, arranger, mixer, all that for this album. And it didn't turn out like Cherry Bomb. It actually was freaking incredible. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's the best rap album of the year, even though it's not really a rap album. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of cool to see how, how far Tyler's come. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think you you can listen to Igor for the really cool production. You can try and listen for more of Tyler telling his story. You can just try and listen to singular songs and have a good time doing that, whether it's song like A Boy's a Gun or Earthquake, whatever it may be. Um, yeah. Earthquake. Uh, there's, there's just a lot here. It, it, it's actually a pretty dense album, but it's also accessible. Yeah. So, I feel like it's just kind of a gift that keeps on giving if you listen to it intricately with good headphones. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's so cohesive and it all... Like there's there's no bad track on this at all, and it's all very interesting. Um, but I, I specifically love the ending. Are we still friends? Feels like this like almost like this crooning type song in a sense. And I'm just like, how could Tyler the Creator have gone from being the guy that did Yonkers at the beginning of the decade, um, talked about mm-hmm. on our best of the decade songs list, to being this guy? And he does it so well. And um, I think you kind of summed it up perfectly, but uh, this is an album. I don't skip any songs start to finish. The the production on this is interesting. If he did all the production himself, um, I, I think it's it's his ma- masterpiece today. And Igor, definitely one of the top songs of the year. Dave, what was your number two album then? Because I think we're both missing our number twos. Number two for me, Billy. Billy Eilish. Mm, we all fall asleep. Where do we go? Wow, this yeah. is this is high. And this is pop music in 2019. <laughs> you know, uh, I think we might have talked about the beginning. The Billie Eilish breakout was not unforeseen. This was not a secret. She was already very, very famous before this album came out. And at the time, before we got this album, which came out uh, end of March. I think me and you both kind of viewed her as low rent lord or like the records mm-hmm. aren't here yet. You know, cool aesthetic. Impressive that she's doing this at a young age. She just turned 18, I think, this week. Um, but the sound wasn't there. And honestly, the album blew away my expectations when I heard it. And, you know, you, you, this girl with her kind of like, 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 a, like a goth aesthetic. But it does not get into the music at all. But she's also just kind of like embodying the Gen Z icon that she is, you know, talking about what it means to have teen angst at mm-hmm. the end of the 2010s. 
all while doing that with these really cool lo-fi beats and an understated delivery and office drops and really fun songs. It's uh, this kind of like alt pop is, I think, you know, it's kind of, I think it's going to change pop. You know, if you think about, Mm. I mean, I had a lot of pop records on my list and they're all quite different. You know, FK Twigs, Lana, Ariana, Billy. But Billy, um, I think probably has the biggest impact of them all just because she's kind of shaping and leading uh, the sound of, you know, tomorrow. So the youth, youth. yeah, no, Billy, uh, we we talked about like the, at the Grammys, like the best new artist category is absolutely stacked. Um, and we're going to be talking about a couple of the other ones who are in that category soon, I think, but Billy feels like she's just poised to be like almost like a a Cobain type figure for the, the generation below us where she just seems to like tap into something that other artists haven't been able to yet while also making her shit just sound super good. Like just really uh, mm-hmm. interesting. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where she goes. This was an honorable mention for me. So I'm glad that you had it on your list. Um, wrapping up my list, my number two was uh, sound and fury from Sergio Simpson. Um, nice. Probably my favorite rock album of the year coming from a country artist. And uh, this album, you know, it, we talked about uh, when it came out, how it was accompanied by a anime film on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. And <laughs> Sturgill is just a really interesting guy. He's a great songwriter. Um, he's experimented with a lot of different sounds since he broke out at the beginning of the decade. Um and this album to me goes so fucking hard. Uh, the guitars mm-hmm. on this are Dope. incredible to listen to. Um, and he also jumps around uh, as he's telling this like, I don't know, futuristic type story about um, I don't know, like killers and Mm-hmm. Uh, being on the run, I think. Yeah, I being kind on of the run. It's like a whole. Uh, there's like a whole plot to it, but that then he kind of comes in near the end with Mercury and Retrograde and makes like this mm-hmm. dancey song that you never would ever expect <laughs> uh, Sergio Simpson to be able to put out. And you're just like, man, this guy just like he's a fantastic song creator. Um, and this is another album where uh, I, I'll hear a song kind of pop up, pop up in like shuffle. That I hadn't heard in a while, I'd be like, this song is fantastic. Um, and then I'll remember it's from the Salmon Back Man album ruled. So, Sound and Fury, my number two of the year. You want to run through your albums list quick and then we'll jump to uh, songs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 100 Gex, 1000 Gex, Ariana Grande, Thank You Next, Megan Thee Stallion Fever, Denzel Curry Zoo, Solange, When I Get Home, YB and Corday, The Lost Boy, FKA Twigs, Magdalene. Lana Del Rey, Norman, fucking Rockwell, Billy Eilish, When We All Fall Asleep, Where We Go, and Tyler the Creator, Igor. Ten albums. Nice. My ten to one, Bubba by Kate Trinata, Nine, Little Sims, Gray Area, Assumed Form, James Blake, On the Line, Jenny Lewis, Norman fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey, Jamie uh, by Brittany Howard, Number Four, Father of the Bride, Vampire Weekend, Igor, Tyler the Creator, Two, Sound and Fury, Sergio Simpson, and One, Magdalene, FKA Twigs. Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene. <laughs> we, we had four of the same albums, so a lot of variety. 
A lot of variety. Any uh, honorable mentions for you that we uh, already shout out? Yeah, I think we shout out some. Like, you know, some for me, like um, like Little Sims. Um, Charlie XCX was a really tough cut for me. I really loved mm. Charlie. Um, I like the Two Chains album a lot. I like James Blake, as you said. I like Gold Link's album. I liked Earth uh, Earth Gang. I love Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. Um, Young Thug's album is fantastic. Uh, Rhapsody was really good once again. What we expect from her. Uh, Vanity wise, I, I love the Beast Coast album. I listened to that a ton. Hmm. And I also listened to Octavian's album a lot. Probably not even the best UK. You know, I think Skepto is better. I think Bill uh, Sims was better. But and Stormzy was really great too. But Octavian, I ran back a lot. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I love this year. There, there was a lot of good shit from famous people and brand new people. A lot of good shit. Um, I had uh, Better Oblivion Community Center by Better Oblivion Community Center. Conobust. Um, <laughs> I had I I by Bonnie Vare as an honorable mention. Lover by Taylor Swift. Yep, um, was up there Same. for me. Um, and I also had Ventura by Anderson Pac. I think a bit of an underrated album because it was probably uh, maybe the least interesting Anderson album of the past few years. I agree. It's not really good. Um, and also like my own pick, Angel's Pulse by Blood Orange. I found myself going back to a lot. I was just re-listening to it the other day, and uh, the song "Take It Back" with jo- with Jobo came on. The song is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it isn't my, one of my songs of the year though. Um, before we jump into what our best songs of 2019 are, I wanted to ask you: Did you have any uh, any thoughts on just like the singles or maybe like the non non album thoughts regarding music this year? Uh, I mean, nothing we haven't said before. I think generally singles are just becoming more important than albums. I think to a lot of people, albums are just an arrangement of songs now. The, like the, the concept or the cohesiveness of an album is often not um, on the mind for listeners anymore with this you know, on-demand uh, listening environment that you know, we're so used to at this point. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I mean, you see it more in hip-hop, but just the prevalence of singles sometimes being all an artist is going on the radio show to promote, you know, it's just kind of how, how we've changed. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at my list real quick. I would say just about all of these are in fact singles, but ultimately I still think, you know, the album deep cuts, um, almost are kind of like more, more fun to talk about with people just because it, it does seem like singles really just dominate all the playlists these days. But I mean, do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, you- you know, when I found myself going through the songs this year that really stood out to me as like the best songs, you know, like like I said, I'm not including um, songs from any of the albums we talked about before. I think what I, f- I found standing out to me um, was just how at the top of my list, it was people who have come up almost out of nowhere. And it really feels like the Internet's influence has like started to really show its uh its teeth in these i mean obviously people like justin bieber who came up through youtube have dominated the charts in the past but so looking through the ones who are at the top i don't want to spoil anything like one of them was is a teen sensation we just talked about um who was pretty much famous before her music ever really backed it up another one was uh someone that kind of became uh internet famous this year with the release of a new album another one was someone whose music was stolen <laughs> from them and released prior so like 
just oh, like okay. the effect that the internet had in these um really stands yeah. out to me mm-hmm. uh, just like another one is um uh, a rock band that we'll be talking i'll talk about in a second who i think the internet caught their single and really brought gave them a lot more attention than they ever would have gotten so mm-hmm. um just the i think the impact that the internet has on how these stars right. rise into attention stands yeah. out. TikTok can just make you now you know yeah hot hot there that's all can uh, Follow uh, dad jokes or whatever Adam's TikTok is. Or don't follow Dad it. joke Jesus. <laughs> dad joke Jesus. All right. Why don't we start? Uh, I want to go first. Number 10 for me. I, I cheated a little bit. Uh, I picked two because I couldn't, couldn't differentiate. I wanted, to have, mm-hmm. I wanted to have a perfect pop song on this list, right? And mm-hmm. it came down to two for me. Carly Rae Jepsen, Watch You in My Room, and Taylor mm-hmm. Swift, I Think He Knows. Ooh, These two okay. songs to me are just fucking pop magic uh jams yeah just every time i hear them i find myself bobbing along uh my mood instantly increases um the taylor song probably her catchiest off her new album i don't know if i'll say best but catchiest for sure Mm -hmm. um and just when 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 it kind of comes in her vocals just like Mm -hmm. rise at the end it's just like heartbeat yep um and carly ray jepsen this song uh, was one of my top five most listened to songs in 2019 on oh Spotify. i didn't notice that wow yeah want you in my room just it it's like bubblegum i keep chewing it over and over and i, I don't get sick of it so um yeah the, these two songs are pure pop magic go listen to them uh any thoughts on that dave saw you laughing uh no 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 you know shout out carly ray jepson another great album another album overlooked by the grammys unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, a lot a lot of, lot of jams on there and yeah, Taylor, um, she didn't make our album list, but definitely got back in those critical graces. And I think, and I think, I think he knows is just kind of the easiest on that track list to just to throw on because it's just really fun and kind of that classic Taylor that we've, you know, most people really started to like since like the red days, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I agree. What's your number 10? My number 10 is Slide Away. By Miley Cyrus. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, I think this is her best song. Ever? Yeah, I do. Um, nah, it's, it's the climb, dog. Nah, <laughs> boring claim. Uh, but <laughs> you're not alone in that sentiment, I guess. It's the climb. <laughs> this really kind of like blew me away. This came out after that um, She Is Coming EP, which we actually like, I think, had positive takeaways from because it was like Miley kind of getting back to her most successful phase of her career from a sonic perspective. And then hearing Slide Away, where she's kind of getting into finally moving on from Liam Hemsworth, the loss of her house in the Thousand Oaks fire, kind of talking about some really personal, tough stuff she's been through. But ultimately, just kind of reminding everyone that she's a really good vocalist and I think a bit of an underrated songwriter when she's focusing on the right type of sounds and particularly the, what was it? The fuck, VMA performance, some, some performance she did. It's on YouTube, the live version of this song where we get okay. to really hear Miley's pipes. Um, I think it's better than the studio recording. It's, 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 it's superb. So yeah, I love the song. Nah, it, it's a, it's a good choice. Um, Miley is interesting, right? I mean, she's such a, unique personality 
Um, it, I was laughing because you said she's finally getting over her relationship with Liam Hemsworth. Didn't they? Uh, didn't they just like break up beginning of this year? Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> ah, she's finally getting over it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Though. Um, no, they, well, they've yeah, been on again, off again awesome. before. Yeah. So, yeah. I understand what you're saying, um, <laughs> but no, I, I agree. This, this is a good pick. Um, number nine for me, you know, following Taylor Swift, I had to put a Kanye song. Uh, 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 <laughs> use this gospel, Kanye sure. West clips and Kenny G. Um, yeah. So Jesus is King came and went. Um, I think a bit disappointing for those who. We're hoping Kanye would drop a, a record that was as mind blowing as they usually are. Um, but this song was definitely my favorite song off of that album. And I think this song is just absolute flames. Um, you know, <laughs> Kanye sounds great at the beginning. It's very simple with the beat. There's not much bass to this, I guess. That would be like my one critique of it. But when Clips comes in, they just absolutely murder it. And then it, <laughs> it leads into a Kenny G solo that then leads to like just an awesome outro with uh, a lot of bass to it. So um, for as much as Jesus is King was disappointing. Um, and uh, I think people continue to just kind of say, why would I give Kanye attention at this point? Use this gospel, I think still shows that, Kanye has it and can have it, but um, maybe he's he needs to kind of find his way back to be more consistent with the sound. Um, I'm guessing you used this gospel that wasn't your number nine. So what do you got? <laughs> uh, my number nine, I forgot to add the photo. More on Kanye real quick. Um, I thought about picking a song of his and I didn't. And it's like, do I feel bad about that? Because I didn't pick the album on the list. And do you feel bad about it? Don't feel bad. Oh, well, I don't know. Cause like, I really liked follow God, like fo- mm-hmm. follow God is, is a banger, but it, I guess it's not like, I guess, super memorable. We're also holding it to the Kanye standard. Right. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Kind of feel weird not picking a Kanye song, but I didn't pick a Kanye song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my number nine is meet again by Maxo cream. He dropped this the single back in January. The album came out, I want to say, back in July. Uh, Brandon Banks, uh, his second album. And Master Cream, not a famous rapper from Houston, collabs with his more famous Houston contemporaries on this, Travis and Megan. And Meet Again, I think, is probably the most successful Maxo song just because it's him talking about his really interesting and I think kind of robust come up and story. Mm-hmm. about running drugs and being in jail and you know some real you know some real street shit and this song also has an amazing beat and it's like fun to listen to and his verses like this the storytelling strengths that is what max cream is all about i think just really shines so definitely an underrated under listened to rap song this year but yeah, i think pound for pound perhaps one of the best so what what a great name maxo cream mm-hmm. Oof, fire number eight for me the song I know that you like as well. BM, BM, BM by Black Midi. Oh, sure. It goes with a purpose. It's <laughs> um, a good thing. Inspired choice. <laughs> thanks, man. You know, um, this, uh, the album was uh, uh, probably at the back end of my 20s, maybe um, 
just in terms of I, I didn't feel like a lot of the songs popped off to me as much yeah. as they as with lasting but this song is so memorable um for the vocal performance i mean it's so unique and it's like <laughs> it's such a weird song it's it's like yeah. this thumping like over and over like drum but they're weird dudes yeah but man this it's just a really great rock song and when they start to like lose it at the end and the guitar just starts screeching and they start like screaming and the drums are just crashing down it's just it's everything that makes rock makes rock music awesome um and and, like hard rock music awesome and i feel so excited to have a a band like black midi kind of moving into the conscious of music because it feels like uh you know i think i think this kind of gets put on up-and-coming rock bands a lot that they can be like the saviors of rock but i do think that black midi could start to bring a more um a more traditional hard rock sounding sound back into mainstream now they are weird so they could take any direction with their music moving forward but uh i hope to hear more songs like bm 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 from black midi um but yeah i i have a feeling it's, it, it was not a song that's gonna be on here so i definitely wanted to highlight them uh a bit um i'm, I'm looking here i think i have only oh no I, I, have, I have a couple more rock songs on here uh but i only think i had like three or four in total which is a, a bit of a move away because in my albums i feel like it was fairly well um diversified um what's your number eight dave My number eight is Family and Loyalty by Gangstar featuring J. Cole. The first Gangstar song in 16 years, the lead single off that new album. Um, oh fuck, what's the name of the album? One J. The Cole, best. The Feature King. The best, yeah, or something One like of the best, oh, fuck, yeah. The Gangstar album, which, you know, I thought about picking uh, for the list, ultimately just became an honorable mention, you know, um, because it's half a posthumous album. One of the best yet, by the way. One of the best yet, right. Uh, because it's half a posthumous album. Um, felt a little sacrilege to pick it. But Premier did a really good job with what, what the verses he had. They had, you know, and as you said, J. Cole, truly the feature king the last two years. He's really risen in estimation in my, in my book in terms of as an artist. You know, he's been a superstar for so long, but really kind of coming to his own and this is one of his best verses ever and it fits the song to a t and you know just about giving you that 90 sensibility that throwback lyrical sound on a really tough beat primo beat at that but also like you can just bump this song yep like it's 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 simple but it's great yeah that's a good choice that this i wish we had mentioned this before um, I really enjoyed this Gangstar album and just uh, a, an album we didn't think we'd be reviewing in 2019, but we ended up and loved it. Number seven for me, another rock band and uh, not a very popular rock, rock band, more up and coming, Mannequin Pussy, and their song Drunk, uh, Drunk 2, which, you know, as I was putting this list together, it reminded me a lot of last year how Camp Cope was getting a lot of love for their song, The Opener. Right, it talked about these uh, these issues of females not getting the attention, being 
um, looked down upon within the rock world that they can only be the opener. They can't be the headlining act and all this stuff. And Drunk 2, you know, tells a story of this abusive relationship and how all their friends are telling them to, to get out of this relationship and how they're so strong for being with this, for staying with this person and how they finally like basically say goodbye to this relationship. And not only does it feel incredibly empowering, but it's a really, really well-crafted song. And Mannequin Pussy, they rock, man. Like they, they bring they a ton of energy <laughs> to their sound and they may not be the most refined band at this point, but there's a lot of feeling in what they make. And Drunk Too, I think, is um, probably the best song off of that album and also just a really fantastic song in general. So uh, my number seven. What do you got for your number seven? My number seven for me, something we just talked about before, that'd be Little Sims 101 FM. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have to belabor the point, but 101 FM, like because that beat kind of has an, uh, like an, like an Asian vibe yep. to it, and then you hear Sims really ride a really fun beat like that, but still not sacrificing her really detailed lyrics and all of her intricate verses. It's you know it's it's a bop that still has a message and yep. like like most of that album, Gray Area. So yeah, Little Little Sims uh, definitely an underrated song, like all the songs on that album. But I think pretty special. Great choice. Uh, number six for me. An album that was uh, my honorable mention was I I by Bonnie Vare and the song Hey Ma, one of the singles off the album, uh, for number six of the year. Um, really emotional song, moving, talking about um, like staying in touch with the things that actually matter to you, um, staying connected with family, staying connected with who you are as a person, not letting wealth corrupt you. Um, and this is immediately upon release of the song one of like the top five Bony Bear songs up. Um, I think that's saying something because he's a very well-established artist, incredibly talented and uh, just a really beautiful song. So I feel like this kind of highlights everything Bony Bear does well. Songwriting, sure. song crafting, um, definitely a, one of my favorite songs of this year. So my number six, Hey Ma, Bony Bear, what do you got for your number six? So for me, I said before, <laughs> I said before that if we think about rap in 2019, you think of the ladies really killing it across the board and a bunch of new stars like Megan Stallion and Doja Cat, Saweetie, the list goes on, City Girls. But if you look at the dudes, there was only one guy who rose his profile to this level, and that would be DaBaby, releasing two albums during the year, lots of good features, hot songs. A lot of people would pick... a. Uh, Shug for their list, but I actually chose Bop off the second album. Uh, Fantastic video, but more importantly, I think it's just—it's similar to Shug. You know, it's—it's it's that baby flow. We all know it well at this point. But for whatever reason, I think that song just—I think I like the beat more, so I wanted to go with this one. But I mean, you know, you, you placeholder for any kind of baby song. Well, I think his—I don't like his albums quite as much as other people do. Uh, just because I feel like he has been a bit samey in his sound to this point. Um, the energy he's brought on his singles and the success those singles have had, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough to to underrate those because, you know, he, he, he was just a whirlwind this year. And these songs are, you know, they're bangers. And Bop was my favorite one. Bop is a great choice. Um, and this music video rocks. The Jabberwockies, man. Like, <laughs> oh, so yeah. awesome. Um, 
All right, moving on. My number five, Light Years uh, by The National. Um, Jesus but, Christ. Yeah, we're, we're National, about to, huh? We're about to take it down here a bit. This Way is to a, invalidate the list. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great song, man. Um, it's so Everyone simple. unsubscribe. <laughs> it's so simple. Uh, the The piano on this is just like a simple uh, chord progression and a couple of keys and it sounds so good. And Matt Berenger um sings so beautifully over this and it's like the it's the closing song on the record and they also had a visual album starring Elisa Bicanda that came out with this and it really beautifully wraps up that as well um and yeah just I think probably one of the most beautiful songs that came out this year and it's so simple and I love it. So you may hate the national or may not like this song, but uh, <laughs> I don't remember the song at all. I, to be honest, <laughs> I, I it's very memorable to me. So my number five. <laughs> and also, if you're following these and you think, "Hey, I like these songs," or "I want to hear these songs," we do have a playlist. Nostalgia Best of 2019, where almost all these songs are featured on it. Um, Dave, your number five. Number five for me is Robbery. By the now late Juice World, um, you know, I never had any plans to pick to pick the uh, his second album, his final album, Death Race for Love. But Ro- Robbery and Hear Me Callin', the two big singles off off that album, um, definitely I think are at the top of his catalog. And I went with Robbery, but it's kind of just like the you know the, dist- the perfect distillation of what Juice World brought to the table. It's, you know, uh, combination of singing and rapping and a really I think a genre blending way that was still true to his hip hop roots from the get go. And obviously it's, you know, we talked about his passing recently you can check that out on the channel, but he, uh, of all the genre blenders of all the SoundCloud rappers kind of in this movement, he was the one making the most, I think accessible music. And that's kind of why he rose to the top even faster than a lot of his peers did. And so I like robbery where he's just really, gets really candid like a lot of his other songs about his struggles and his hurt and it's just really relatable to 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 the fans anyone who listens so yeah i think this is uh you know i think it's an inspiring song to a lot of people you can look for the acoustic uh videos people post of it but uh unfortunately it was probably the last great song he made you know Hmm. yeah that's too bad major rip uh we recently talked about his passing and kind of gave our thoughts on it. So check out that, that breakout, but a huge loss. Um, moving forward, though, number four for me was 17 by Sharon Von Etten. Um, there you go. A decent album, but uh, this song in particular is just uh, masterwork in songwriting, um, you know, talking about what it means to be 17 and also what it means to not be 17, to be older and looking back at that time of life and um, reflecting on age and people kind of coming up behind. And we're going to be talking about some, some up and comers in my next few songs. So it's felt like appropriate to put her this high and uh, yeah, just a really beautifully crafted song. And even the way it like kind of enters in, it feels like the song almost feels like time moving by in a sense. Um, kind of like you're like almost like driving a car through your life. Um, just a really, really great track. And Sharon Von Etten, one of like the sneakily most um, consistently solid indie rock uh, artists out there. Probably uh, 
doesn't get enough credit for how good she has been. So I, I'm glad that she's getting some shine on a lot of lists end of year list with 17. What do you got number four? Number four for me. So I I made a uh, two re uh, or three repeats for what we did for uh with the albums list. So check that out if you're just watching the songs breaking up. But uh, it's Money Machine by Hunter Gex and this you know not to repeat myself but this is the uh, i think the most accessible gex song if, if they had some that was uh friendly to radio it would be money machine uh but it still has all that manic energy of taking influences from literally everything that the rest of the album has so it's my favorite song off the album and perhaps the, one of the more tame ones but it's uh just really cool and still unlike just about anything else I heard this year. So Money Machine by 100X. Good choice. Number three for me, Straight Out of Mumbai by Jai Paul. Does this count? Um, oh, it counts, man. It counts. I've seen <laughs> it on other year end lists, so I'm putting it on my. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. When did it leak? 2012? 2012. Yeah. However, when did I hear it? 2019. Okay. <laughs> as long as you can rationalize it to yourself. Yeah, that, that's all that matters, right? The the lies we tell ourselves. Right. Um, we make the rules here. Jai Paul rules, and it's mm-hmm. it's a tra- travesty what happened to him because um, there's so much in just these leaks, and they you know they they were released this year, more refined, mm-hmm. more more produced, mastered. Um, yeah, and it feels like out of all the tracks I put out, straight out of Mumbai would have been one that back in 2012 when this was stolen and leaked online could have just like dominated the charts because it it feels a little bit like um god what was that jay-z song where he like infused like indian sound to it um god i i got i gotta think of the name but um it it just feels like it, it it takes from so many different worldly influence influences like it sounds a bit Indian. It sounds a bit Asian. It sounds like American dance at the same time. Um, and it's just so catchy. And the song just kind of spins around in your head and you feel like you're being transported, um, to different parts of the world. And it just, it just rules. And Jai Paul as a DJ producer is just mm-hmm. so talented. I want to see him do more. I hope, yeah. I hope he does more. Yeah. I, I hope he's able to get. You know, I mean, he do what he wants, but I, I just wish he was a little more of a public figure, just because there's so much such mystery around him, you know, and uh, leak whatever bait ones, whatever the album's called, um, like four twelve, whatever. Yeah, the, the date it leaked. Um, it was kind of put out without fanfare. It was kind of just internet critics being like, "Yo, yo, yo, big deal, big deal." These songs are like legitimately available now, and um, you think because of the creativity he has, if you like I know he has like the the Paul Institute, but if he wanted to really branch out, he, I think he could. But if this is all we get, uh, I, w- I won't be too too mad. Was the song you were thinking of for Jay Z, Big Pimpin? No, I, I was thinking about the when he was on Punjabi MC's song. Oh, oh shit! Okay, yes. that yeah, it's funny. I, I I searched it and there's there was a tweet from 2015. What's that Jay Z song with an Arabic beat behind it? <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I was thinking about one where he uh, not that uh, Jai Paul's Arabic, but yeah, no. All right, um, got it. <laughs> anyways, yeah, sorry, that was what I was thinking of. What's your number three, Dave? 
And number three, another repeat offender here. That would be uh, to the pictures. That would be Yolanda Ray, the greatest. Uh, mm. The culture was lit. I had a ball. Yeah, you know, I was thinking. I've, I've seen the greatest on a bunch of lists so far, and I was like, "Well, there's a lot of good songs in this. Let me be a little different." And I was thinking about it, and I was like, "Nah, this 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 is the best song mm-hmm. of the it album." Is. So I got I gotta pick this one. This is a, uh, I think Lana Del Rey just like at the peak of her powers. She can be candid and and also cutting in her observations, and you know, we we both liked the album a shit ton, mm-hmm. and it, it's it was just. Cool as someone who was not a fan going in to really see division, I think more fully realized for everyone. Yeah, and I think this is kind of the the tip of the spear. Yep, no, I this is the best song off that uh, that album, and it's an amazing album. So that's, that says a lot. But uh, I, I think everybody's like end of the decade like Instagram posts are going to be uh, the culture was lit and I had a ball. Uh, I. I <laughs> Calling it now, or at least uh, those who know. Let me we'll write see. that in my notes. <laughs> uh, number number two for me, we you, you talked a lot about her a second ago. Billie Eilish, bad guy. Um, okay. This song is just so much fun, and it's just like pop perfection mixed with uh, emo and funkiness and goofiness mm. and great video. Yeah, it just feels like everything that really makes Billie Eilish such an exciting person to be tuned into as an artist you know she's she's gonna go places and it's because she can make songs like this at this age mm-hmm. awesome it, it kind of reminds me of austin powers who every time i listen to it for some reason oh, that's, that's funny why but yeah well, 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 um, piggybacking off of that of my number two is my strange addiction by billy eilish uh, here we go the, the famous uh uh no billy the, the office mm-hmm. drop um yep but i mean yeah it's just Bad guy is definitely the biggest hit off the album for her, probably the best song. I uh, tried to pick something something else, and she had plenty of hits off this. So it's not like no one ever heard the song or anything. But bad guy and my strange addiction, and even a lot of the other cuts, all the good girls go to hell. Um, wish you were gay. There's 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 a lot of jams on this, but it's it's just kind of cool to see her understated delivery be able to ride her brother Phineas's production to such a point that like, these are still like pop bangers, even though they're really like alternative pop, which is, you know, why I picked the album on my list, but yeah, uh, she has, she has the hit records now. Yep. It makes sense. It all makes sense now. Absolutely. All right. We're wrapping it up. Number one for me, a song I turned you on to at the beginning of the year. And uh-huh. I was like, you know, this is a really fun song. Awesome pop song. And this artist pretty much became like one of the most popular artists of the year. Little did Lizzo, we know. Juice. Yeah. At the time, we both like, yeah, this song sounds great. Well, let's, let's add it to the playlist. Um, now, Stodge Best 2019 if you're on Spotify. And we were like, you know, the, the, it'll be interesting. Why don't we review her album? And then by the end of the year, Lizzo is literally everywhere. He's <laughs> Every time I'm on Twitter, I see something about Lizzo, whether it's a meme, whether it's someone using her song, whether it's her with her ass out at Laker games. Like, she's <laughs> everywhere. And she's awesome. She's such a great symbol for body positivity, for femininity, for um, just a lot of positive things. Her music is pretty much all positive. And I think Juice, uh, you know, is. There were songs of hers that were more popular this year. Truth Hurts comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Good not as hell. a song from this year. So, um, 
I had to I had to pick the song from this year I like the most, and that's Juice. Mm-hmm. And I think it's her her best song from this year. And Lizzo rules. She's great. Yeah. Um, Lizzo thoughts. Give me your Lizzo thoughts. Here. Yeah, I mean, like Billie Eilish, like DaBaby, like Megan Thee Stallion. Someone who just became a superstar kind of instantaneously once those older songs really started to blow for her. Um, and, you know, she she had, I think, some internet clout critically beforehand with those other projects. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, well, no one saw it getting to this, this level. And um, even if she's had some antics of late, you know, the other songs on those record, that record, besides the big hits, um, are all really good. Songs like Jerome and songs like Juice, I think, are yep. actually just underrated and under-remarked upon songs at this point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we didn't pick the album, but for our list, but yeah, it's hard to talk about 2019 music without talking about Lizzo, and that's not just because she was popular, but also because she was making interesting, quality pop music that's a little different. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, you're number one, though, Dave. So my number one is Gone by Charlie XCX and Christine and the Queens. Did not pick Charlie on the album list. But when I was making my songs, I was like, you know, this song immediately jumped off the page to me when I heard it as one of those singles for the Charlie album. And it's just really, really great songwriting, which has always been Charlie's strength. And it also happens to fit into that alt future pop sound that she's been pioneering the past few years um, even while a lot of those songs are not becoming big hits I think everyone is paying attention is understanding the kind of ground she's been kind of pouring uh, you know laying and seeing everyone else kind of follow in those footsteps including Billie Eilish is uh, really cool but gone I gone's just a like that's just a banger man that's a pop <laughs> banger that I think really really holds up and really brought my attention to Christine the Queens and yeah Christine yeah, the Queens are it, awesome pretty pretty easy pick for number one for me to be honest wow um yeah this was on my honorable mention it's just a, it's a great choice and Charlie XCX probably the most like auteur pop artist that's out there definitely <laughs> she's just unless you kind of like FKA Twigs yeah right um well give me a couple honorable mentions and we'll redo our we'll reset our list and we'll head out sure sure uh. Shout out Follow God from Kanye, Joke Ting by Gold Link, Kids mm. by Rich Brian, uh, Ransom by Lil Tecca. That was my number two listen to song on Spotify. You know, there's, mm-hmm. it's always a banger. It's always a banger to play. Uh, I like tons of tons of Ariana songs from the new album. Uh, Only Child by Tierra yeah. Whack. Uh, my number one <laughs> artist on Spotify this year is uh, Blueface. So shout out... Uh, yeah. Shout out. Um, actually, all, all of his really good songs are from 2018, but shout out Bleed It. Um, <laughs> shout out, uh, <laughs> shout out like Off White from Little Pump, some nonsense shit. Shout out, uh, Open, sh- open, the, open the Shit Up by the Higher Brothers. I love Chinese trap music now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I got Arnold Legends for days. What about you? Uh, I only have a couple that we didn't talk about. Um, Back in My Body by Maggie Rogers. That yep. whole album is love really that good. One. We should give her more love. Uh, what Can We Do? Anderson Pock and Nate Dogg. That song just feels yes. like a 70s throwback and it, it rules. Um, Peach by Kevin Abstract. Yeah, yep. That was an album that I really liked at the time and that song has really stuck with me um, a lot. How many problems we got? A lot. Uh, 21 Savage. Um, again, 
close to making my top 10 list. Um, and then, yeah, I think you, I think you covered most of the other ones here as I'm looking through. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, Midsection by Kate Chata and Pharrell. So nice. my, my favorite song from that album. Kill oh, um, Dave, go ahead. Also, also shout out Dark Web by TGX6, uh, Scam Rap, one of the biggest, uh, n- new subgenres in hip hop this year coming out of nowhere. Um, really, really <laughs> fun. Uh, yeah, I posted a, a 99 song rap playlist on Spotify where it was 99 different artists for 99 different rap songs. So mm. you can consider those all honorable mentions and tons of variety there. So it's out there if you want more Rex. More Rex. Uh, Dave, can you just give me your 10 to 1 again? Yes, sir. Slide Away by Miley Cyrus. Meet Again by Max O'Cream. Family and Loyalty by Gangstar featuring Jermaine Cole. 101FM by Lil Sims, Bop by DaBaby, Robbery by Juice World, R.I.P., Money Machine by 100 Gex, The Greatest by Lana Del Rey, My Strange Addiction by Billy Eilish, and Gone by Charlie XCX featuring Christine and the Queens. My 10 was a, a split. I think he knows Taylor Swift, Watching My Room, Carly Rae Jepsen, Nine This Gospel, Kanye West featuring Clips and Kenny G. Eight was BMBMBM by Black Midi. Seven, Drunk Two, Mannequin Pussy. Six, Hey Ma by bon- Boney Bear. Five, Light Years, The National. Four, Seventeen, Sharon Von Etten. Three, Straight Out of Mumbai, Jai Paul. Two, Bad Guy, Billie Eilish. And one, Lizzo, Juice. Uh, that wraps it up to talking best TV and movies from 2019, probably early in 2020, because we want to catch up before we mm-hmm. really give our, our best of the year list but stay tuned because we also are going to be uh dropping that heat every week dog we're gonna be yes, bringing all the content all the culture so hit that subscribe uh go to youtube.com slash nostalgia pod uh to watch all of our old videos and get all our opinions and we'll we'll see you next year peace out yeah.